Yeah, I got a D-Stacks beat. Listen to the beat, y'all. Come on, D-Stacks. Bring it in. This is Latavia here. And before we get into today's episode, it is time for So I would like to thank Mr. Eric Green and Shante Usman for their donations to Queens on the Road podcast. Please keep it coming. I so greatly appreciate the support. Thank you so much. So guess who I have back with me? My very best friend, Louis. Hey guys, how's it going? How's it going, Louis? How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Glad to be back. I am so glad you're back. So it's been a while since we did news from the past month. Are you ready? I am ready. All right, let's roll.
All right, our first story is about a woman from Pennsylvania described as a qualified job candidate for a preschool teacher assistant. She had passed several stages of the hiring process successfully, but when time came, she was told that they had chosen to pursue another candidate. So she was confused. She called the company that same day that she got that email. Apparently, she was not hired because of limitations due to her having cerebral palsy. What? Yes, they discriminated against her because of her disability. That is crazy. I know she had to sue because I would have sued. Definitely. So the U.S. Equal Employment Opportunity Commission has filed a disability discrimination lawsuit against this Pennsylvania employer. But before that, she followed up the phone call with an email asking the company to look past her disability or reconsider her for another job opening. Did the company get back to her? No, they did not. That definitely sucks. It definitely does. We should not be discriminated. We should be solely judged on our skill, not our physical limitations or anything like that. I definitely agree. And this is one of the reasons why it's definitely difficult to even find a job or even be considered for employment. Because as I said before, people who are ably bodied, they often look at people who are ably different as a liability. So it just makes life very difficult for us. Yes, so the EEOC did sue the company and said that they violated the ADA, which prohibits disability discrimination and requires employers to provide reasonable accommodations to individuals with disabilities unless it would cause undue hardship, which in this process, it would not. But as a result of the lawsuit, the company had to pay her $100,000 in back pay and damages, and the company is also now required to adopt new policies and procedures and provide ADA compliance training and now periodically report to the EEOC. So that is great that they're being forced to do this. I mean, I think it should be done to every company by now. It's 2023. And I'm happy she received the compensation and they're making the changes now. But I'm pretty sure all she wanted was just a job. Like nine times out of 10, all we want is to be productive members of society and be seen as that because we are are productive members of society. So I'm pretty sure at the end of the day, even though the compensation is good and they are making changes now because of what transpired, all she wanted was a job. Definitely. I agree with you 100%. I myself am in that particular situation. All I want is a job. So I understand what she wants. Uh, multiple people with disabilities, all we want is, like Latavia said, to be productive people for the community, you know, and just work. Well said, well said. Well, on a lighter note, there are children books being honored for their disability representation. So every few years, the American Library Association names three winners and four honorees of books that showcase disability representation. So they did that this past month in February. And there's different age ranges. So for the young children category, which is for ages up to eight, the winners were, listen, How Evelini Gleaney, A Deaf Girl Changed Percussion, which is a book about a girl who perseveres to become an award-winning musician despite losing her hearing. The honor book was called In the Blue, which explores a family's experience with depression. 
In the middle grades, which is ages 9 to 13, it was a book called Wild Oak, which is about a girl who stutters. The honor book was called Honestly Elliot, about a boy with ADHD who's struggling to find his way. And Hummingbird, which centers on a girl who doesn't let brittle bone disease keep her from adventures. In the teen category, it was the book The Words We Keep, which was about a story of a girl who turns art and poetry into helping her cope with her anxiety. The honor book was Breathe and Count Back from 10, which is about a teen who has hip dysplasia. So the winners of these awards received $5,000 and a framed plaque. So I think this was pretty cool. Yeah, I'm definitely glad that these books and their authors are getting recognized and we need more things like this, more disability representation in books, movies, shows. Yeah, I definitely agree. And you know, both of us should read one of these books and then we should do a book review. Yeah, I'm definitely down for that. I'm definitely down for that. So stay tuned. Okay, guys, so buckle up and get ready for this one because this one had me like, what? Are you kidding me? I could never. Buckle Buckle up up and and get get ready. So there was a city council candidate who had to crawl on the debate stage due to lack of wheelchair access. Denver City Councilman Chris Hines couldn't maneuver his wheelchair on stage at Cleo Parker Robinson Dance School when he was going for a debate on that stage because they did not have a ramp. Can you believe it? That is extremely reprehensible. I can't believe something like that happened. No, but wait, it gets better. So he had to participate in this debate because if he did not participate in the debate, he had to forfeit $125,000 in campaign financing from Denver's Fair Elections Fund. So you know what he had to do? He had to get out of his wheelchair and crawl on that stage to do the debate. I can't imagine how humiliating that was for him. Right? Exactly. That is so demoralizing. I could never, I don't care how much money you paid me, I could never crawl on stage just to do something. And I'm sorry, he was in his suit. So can you imagine him in his suit getting ready for a debate and crawling on the stage? That is wild. Imagine him just dragging himself. Who knows if that stage is even clean? But that's not even the point. There should have been accommodations. Like, it should have never gotten to that point. It really shouldn't have. And so, here's what the event organizer said. We thought we could lift Hines up out of his wheelchair and put him on stage. Now, he has an electric wheelchair. Now, if some of you do not know, electric wheelchairs weigh a lot. So, there was no way in the world they were going to be able to lift the chair on stage. And then they want to say that the fault is on Hines because he did not inform them that he needed accommodations. Newsflash, he doesn't have to inform you that he needed accommodations because a ramp is something that you are supposed to have, according to the ADA, because they are a public facility. So it's even more absurd to me. It's ridiculous. It's disgusting that they made him do this. I'm lost of words. And apparently what makes it even more worse is that he's a prominent advocate for accessibility in Denver. So he's well known. So they should have known better than to do this. 
I mean, it's crazy. And the only reason why he would have been fined $125,000 is because in 2018, Denver voters approved that if they're going to receive public funding for their campaigns, then they have to participate in public debates in order to receive the money. So because of that law that they enacted back in 2018 is the reason why he had to do it. Because if he did not do it, then he would have been fined. So he was stuck between a rock and a hard place. And I think what he did was very courageous, I guess, because I don't think I could have done it. I think I would have said, find an alternative. And after the end of the ordeal, they did find an alternative. They actually allowed him to do the debate in the front of the stage. Why they didn't think of that idea in the first place is beyond me. So they thought of this idea after he crawled on stage. After he crawled on stage, wow. they thought of the idea. So I think it's just absurd. It definitely is. I mean, it's not like he just showed up out of nowhere. I'm sure this is an event that was planned already. You knew the candidates that were coming. So you knew that he was supposed to get accommodations in the first place. That is not his fault. And shout out to Councilman Chris Hines for always still advocating for us. Because even after this ordeal, he wanted to make it known so that people would still be aware that people with disabilities or who are ably different still go through these things every single day and in 2023 he finds it unacceptable and I am with you I find it unacceptable so please continue to advocate for us please continue to get out there and let your voice be heard I think what you did was remarkable definitely I definitely applaud you for that Are we ending the show on a good note? Please tell me we're ending on a good note. We definitely are. Who loves Legos? I do, I do. <laughs> me too. Love building them. And now people with disabilities are being represented by Legos as well. So apparently in their Lego Friends collection, they are now including characters with Down syndrome, with limb differences, anxiety, Vitiligo, and even a dog with a wheelchair. So I think that is remarkable that they're representing us and little kids could play with characters that they find in common. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Way to go, Lego, for that. I really do think that's awesome. You know, they've had characters of people in wheelchairs, so it's nice to see that they're branching out and trying to include everyone. But I'm curious to see how they would represent anxiety disorders through a Lego. Yeah, I did find that interesting. I don't know exactly how that is going to look. I'm going to actually look into it to see how they represent anxiety in a Lego character. Yeah, I definitely want to check that out. Apparently, Lego Friends is a collection of more detailed and realistic looking Lego characters. So it should look really cool. Awesome. Awesome. Shout out to Lego for that. Thank you so much. All 
right, guys, that is all the stories we have for you today. All these stories were brought to you by disabilityscoop.com. I love this site because it just keeps us up to date on all the things that's happening in the ably different community. And I think it's a great site. If you would like to check out the stories, there is going to be a link in the comments and on my YouTube channel where you can check out all the stories we talked about today. So before we get into today's quote of the episode, I have a few things I would like to say. March is Cerebral Palsy Awareness Month. Woohoo! So if you know anyone that has been diagnosed with cerebral palsy, please wear green to show your support. And if you can, please donate money to any organizations that support programs for children or adults with cerebral palsy or organizations that fund research for children and adults with cerebral palsy, such as CureCP, United Cerebral Palsy, and the Cerebral Palsy Foundation. And it is also Women's History Month. Woohoo! Who runs the world? Girls. And in honor of Women's History Month, I'm going to highlight, in my opinion, some prominent women in history. First up is Miss Judy Human. Miss Human was an American disabilities rights advocate who was born on December 18, 1947, in Philadelphia, and grew up in Brooklyn, New York. At 18 months old, she contracted polio and spent three months in an iron lung, and unfortunately became wheelchair bound. When her mother tried to enroll her in kindergarten, the principal said she could not attend, calling her a fire hazard. However, she did not let that stop her. She went on to obtain her degree in public health and went on to pursue a career in teaching. It was her desire to become a teacher that led her to become a prominent advocate for disability rights. In 1970, she tried to become a New York City teacher. She passed every requirement and test and was denied a position due to her physical limitations. She sued the city and later won, becoming New York City's first teacher in a wheelchair. But her advocacy didn't stop there. In 1972, Ms. Human and a small group of DIA demonstrators shut down rush hour traffic on Madison Avenue outside President Richard Nixon's re-election campaign headquarters. They wanted to call attention to Nixon's veto of the Rehabilitation Act of 1972, which expanded programs to help people with disabilities. In 1973, Nixon did sign the Rehabilitation Act, which added milestone language to prevent discrimination against people with disabilities. But the Nixon and Ford administrations did not write the rules required to make that anti-discrimination language operative. So when the Carter administration entered the White House, Ms. Human emerged as the leader of the sit-in that occupied the federal building, and ultimately, Human and the protesters forced the Carter administration to implement Section 504 of the Rehabilitation Act, which specified that no government agency or even a private business that accepted federal funds could discriminate against someone on the basis of disability. Later on in her life, Ms. Human worked for the Clinton and Obama administration to fight for disability rights internationally. Unfortunately, Ms. Human passed away on March 4th of this year, but she will forever be known as a trailblazer and for her dedication to advocating and fighting for disability rights. And I, for one, am always going to be forever grateful for her contributions to the ably different community
Now, you know it's time for the quote of the episode. Lewis, you want to take it away? Definitely. All right. So the quote is, inclusivity means not just we're allowed to be there, but we are valued. And I think that holds true, especially to this episode. We are not defined by our disabilities or our wheelchairs. Yeah, I definitely agree. For me, it's truly important that we not only say we're going to be inclusive or diversify, but we actually act on it, right? So I appreciate what Lego's doing. I think it's a great thing, but I would just like to see it more with companies and businesses and different organizations. Let's stop talking about it and actually be about it. Definitely. You know, they, they say actions speak louder than words. Yeah, and it rings true for inclusion. So that's all we have for you today, folks. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all of you. Thank you, Lewis, for coming on. I'm glad to be back. Hoping to be back soon again. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Yeah, it's definitely been a minute. Everybody's been missing you, Lewis. So thank you for coming back on. So thank you guys. Thank you so much. If you would like to donate to Queens on the Road podcast, I have a Patreon account. There's four tiers up there for you to choose from. Check us out on the YouTube channel, Instagram, Facebook page. And all of our streaming services continue to download and run the numbers up. Thank you guys again so much. If you have any questions for me or Lewis or any of my guests, you can reach me at queensontheroll.podcast at gmail.com. Again, the email is queensontheroll.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much. And we are rolling out. Subscribe, like, and share. Smash that like button.